I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. We are getting to the very pointy end of the team reviews. None more pointy and at the top of the table than it comes to the Sydney Roosters. This dickhead next to me's favorite team, unfortunately. So we're going to hear a lot of bias, I feel like, this episode today about how good they're going to be. They're going to go 24-0. and They're going to win the grand final 60-0. Tedesco's going to score 100 tries this season and be named Mr. Universe. As always, joined by the Roosters fanatic, Brew SC. How are we, mate? And how excited have you been to do this podcast? I'm definitely excited to do the podcast, but I don't know if I'm going to say any of the things that you just said. (laughs) I don't believe any of those things, to be honest with you, but I do think they're in for a very good season. I'm very excited to watch them play this season and um, bring on round one, really. As much as I had a joke with you to start with, I have the Roosters finishing in the grand position of first, taking home the minor premiership once again. Where do you have them finishing, mate? I've got them finishing second. I I still think the Panthers are the team to beat. Uh, They have been for the last two seasons. So I don't see much changing. I just see the Roosters closing the gap on on the Storm and, and the Panthers. And I think they'll probably be neck and neck with the storm, but ultimately I've got them just ahead finishing second. Closing the gap indeed, because last year they finished fifth. They finished 16th and eighth, but I think fifth is a huge success based off what the Roosters had to go through last year. I mean, I don't think Trent Robinson fielded his best 17 all year. I think it's fair to say. Maybe rounds one or two, but outside of that, definitely not. I That was last season. I was probably more proud of the Roosters than I've ever been in my life. I've, I've seen them win a lot of premierships and, and that's a different kind of pride. Last year was heart and soul by them. To, to finish fifth with the roster that they finished with and the, the injuries that they sustained over the course of the season was phenomenal. Uh, uh, they made the second week of the finals and, you know, that was all they were ever really going to make in my opinion. And I was really proud of the efforts last season and I hope that they're built off of the back of that last season. And that's why I've got them, you know, moving up back into the second this year. They've, they've got their big guns back. Hopefully they get rid of that injury curse and just go back to the 18, 19 form that saw them go back to back. Subtle little flex there, mate. Oh, I've seen them win plenty of premierships. Whatever you try hard, mate. Last year they fin- last year they finished eight and four away from home, so they finished sixteenth and eight with like sorry sixteen wins, eight losses, eight wins, four losses, both away from home. They put up the fifth most points with twenty six point two points a game. They also conceded the fifth best defensive record with conceding twenty point three points a game. And they finished in fifth, as I said on the ladder. So very, very consistent. I see that creeping up. The defense did worry me a little bit, um, conceding nearly 20 points a game. But that was the fifth best side. There was a, 
I think Parramatta were the only side better than them below. Um, and Manly maybe conceded a couple of more points extra. So they were there or thereabouts. The gains and losses, mate. The gains, they've included Renoff Atoni from the Canterbury Brankstown Bulldogs, Paul Momorowski from the Panthers, Kevin Aguama from St. Helens, Ronald Volkman from, I'm assuming, just uh, New South Wales Cup. Upgraded. Yep. And Connor Watson from the Newcastle Knights. When it comes to the losses, mate, I forgot that you even had Dale Copley on the roster. He'd retired. Boyd Cordner retired. Jake Friend retired. Brett Morris retired. Josh Morris retired. Matty Cavallo went to the Sharks. And Isaac Liu went to the Titans. Bit of a retirement home down at Bondi there last year, mate. Yeah. Injury forced retirement for three of those blokes. So, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy season to see you know, friend and Cordner and BMOS all retire within the space of, you know, four to six weeks. And in the middle of the season, it was, was nuts to see, you know, all three of them in their own right, legends of the game, Brett Morris in particular, heart and soul. I love that bloke so much. And when he went down, I went out and bought a customized Brett Morris Jersey uh, in the sky blue. And, you know, I still don't wear it to this day because it's just, I bought it just to, you know, show my support to what a legend he was. Yeah, mate, we've both been through heartbreak. You had Brett Morris go down, and I had Luke Brooks re-sign a new contract. So, you know, we, we're both in the same boat when it comes to heartbreak with our clubs. Um, mate, when it comes to the inclusions, I really like the inclusion of Renoff Uh Probably going to go under the radar for most casual NRL fans, but I feel like he provides so much, and he showed really good glimpses of promise at the Bulldogs, and I really, really like the pickup. It's just another one of these signings that the Roosters managed to make. You would have signed him on unders, and you'll develop him into a superstar. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of when we um, picked up Jared Warrior Hargraves, who went on to play every other game of his career and will probably finish his career at the Roosters. So hopefully Renoff can go down the similar path to to what JWH did. Uh, he's definitely a good pickup. Not sure where he fits in the 17 yet, to be honest. Uh, I think 15, probably 15 positions of this lineup kind of speak for themselves. Uh, there's a couple of asterisks on a few of them, which I'll mention when we go through the lineup. But I think there's a lot of guys fighting for two spots and we'll just have to see who wins those those final two spots. Another one, another one of those guys fighting for one of the spots is Paul Momorowski, uh, premiership winner now coming from Penrith. So a bit of experience there. Bounced around from the Tigers to the Storm to Penrith. Never really found a home. Uh, but it looks like no better spot to, to call your own than, than being in Bondi. I really like the Paul Momorowski pickup. Uh, I also like the Kevin Aguama pickup. I don't really think he will feature a huge amount, but he's a very, very good hand to have. Very experienced um, can help a lot. I mean, played for the Tigers, played for the Knights, I'm pretty sure as well, then went off to St. Helens and absolutely killed it in the Super League. So he's come back with a bit more experience, a bit more big game presence as well. So another good signing from him. Uh, Ronald Volkman, we talked him up on the Trials uh, pre- the trials Review podcast, mate, about how good he was. And maybe he's uh, one or two injuries away from getting a spot if Luke Q decides to hang up the boots and, and Robbo doesn't want to go down the, the Drew Hutchison route. Maybe there's a spot for Volkman to stand up in the halves. Uh, but probably the biggest signing would be Connor Watson uh, coming back from the Newcastle Knights after spending a bit of time there. Obviously, a, a Roosters junior as well. I think it's, it's he's a Roosters junior. Yeah. Yep. I, I knew you it. also should have noted that Paul Momorowski is coming home too because he I also didn't know that. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know that Paul Momorowski was a Roosters junior. I knew that um, Connor Watson played his junior footy with the with the Roosters. I wasn't sure if he was a, a, an actual Bondi junior. But yeah, so you've got Paul Momorowski coming back. You've got um, Connor Watson coming back. But yeah, Connor Watson's the biggest signing in this batch by far. Uh, the former he showed last year, 
I think he kind of revolution, not revolutionized, but like you know how people looked at the bench position as a stigma about being like, oh, I'm on the bench. I think Connor Watson brought that sort of 14 role into the mainstream eye and really showed that like how much of an impact you can provide your side by being a very, very good versatile 14 that can cover a multitude of positions and can be a real asset for a lot of sides. And I feel like that's exactly what the Roosters have signed him for. And I feel like he's just going to go to another level and just be be an absolute stud. Yeah, Connor Watson turned the 14, which has typically been a in case of injury type position, you know, you pick a hooker there in case your hooker goes down. And, it's almost like the... And so on and so forth. It's almost like the eighth position, isn't it? Like the 14 now is, is a position in itself. Yeah, and it's for me, it's the X-Factor position. You, you put your X-Factor player in there and Connor Watson showed last year that he could be an X-Factor coming on and, and playing still quite big minutes too for the Knights. And I think he'll probably get something similar at the Roosters this season. I think he'll probably end up playing about 50 minutes a game. Um, off the bench, obviously, and and hopefully he can make a big impact because he can literally pretty much play anywhere one to thirteen, in my opinion. I'm pretty sure he averaged sixty one minutes a game at Newcastle, but some of that was skewed by playing eighty minutes in the halves. I think he was averaging around fifty three, fifty four minutes coming off the bench and playing in that nine or f- uh, thirteen role. So yeah, definitely can see him there. Super coach wise, I think it's a bit of a trap. I don't really see that a lot of value there. I feel like you're paying sky-high price for a guy coming off the bench, which can be quite volatile. Um, super coach-wise, I, I I'd leave him, but we'll, we'll touch on that when it comes to our top 13s. The losses, mate. Dale Copley, I think you've replaced him with Kevin Naguama. Just a, a good experience depth head. That, a good experience head with some depth signing. It's very, very hard to replace guys like Friend, Cordner, and both the Morris boys, but you've done the best you can in guys like Momorowski as well, and you've obviously got some good juniors coming through in Billy Smith and Joseph Sawali, so hopefully they are the next batch of talent. Uh, in the back row, Boyd Cordner wasn't playing his best foot in the last sort of 24 months, but the what he provides to the side, as well with the Morris boys when it comes to leadership, is is exceptional. And they're all three of those guys are hanging around training, which is very, very ideal to have if you're a young winger or a young back rower, if you're one of the butcher boys or you're Stilly Tupanua, plenty of plenty of uh, worse options to have than Boyd Cordner looking over your shoulder giving you tips. No, not at all. So Cordner, yeah, these guys Blakes will still probably have a a solid amount of time in the club. I'm sure, you know, Trent's probably got them in the coaching aspect of the game. So I'm sure they'll be around the club a lot and the juniors can take a lot from that. I think just a bit of a tinfoil hat theory that, yeah, they were told, by, by Big Uncle Nick, maybe, you know, hang him up and we'll give you a nice little uh, coaching contract to, to keep that income ticking over and uh, free up some spots. So don't don't hate that at all. There's definitely worse coaches to have or worse mentors to have in the NRL. Hey, they've got a really good opening five rounds when you think of it. They've got the Knights at home, Manly at home, Rabbitohs away. Now you look at those two games and think, what do you mean Manly and the Rabbitohs? But when it comes to Supercoach, those sides can leak some points, can't they? That... that that screams of a 30-24 affair in both those games. And they have the Cowboys and the Broncos. Look, both away from home, but I think the Roosters are good enough to, to navigate that away from home factor. So you've got the Knights at home, uh, Manly at home, which could be a high-scoring affair, the Rabbitohs at home, which could be a high-scoring affair, the Cowboys and the Broncos. Not a bad opening five rounds. Yeah, I'd personally hope we're 4-1. and one. Um, Worst case scenario at the end of that. I can see us losing to either South or Manly. Uh, I think we probably beat – see, here's the thing. South normally beat us the first game of the season. We normally beat them the second game of the season. For some reason, that's how it seems to go year in and year out against the Rabbits. But I think them being without Latrell that game might just 
edge towards the Roosters being the favourite um, round two. Manly could go either way. We seem to have crazy high-scoring games. You know, even if if one of our teams is in a in a rough patch, the outcome still ends up being 34-28 or something like that. So we could lose that one, but as long as you know Tom scores 200 and Teddy scores 180 in that game, I can probably take one loss in the first five rounds. Yeah, I've got you five and oh, but if you do go four and one, I think it is to Manly in rounds two. Um, I don't really think South would pose an issue. Um, just matchup based. I, I do like you in that game. Um, Latrell is actually back for that game, mate. So you might, you might've mixed up your rounds. Latrell's back for that game. Cause that's, that's the, the grudge match against Joey Manu, which you'll, uh, Get plenty is of that eyes. Week three is it? It is, yeah. Week three, so plenty of eyes oh, on, the, on, the, backwards. on the product there. Hey, you, you mentioned at the top of the show we've got probably four positions here that are up for grabs, and Fullback is not one of them. James Sesco picks himself. In my mind, still, God, it's hard to say. Like if you're picking an Australian side, I think the fact that Turbo can play centre, you've have Teddy in front. So in my mind, he's still the Origin one and still the Australian one. It's hard to say he's the best fullback in the league anymore, uh, but I still think he's probably the best fullback in a, in, a, in a rep side. Yeah, it's a good debate, Teddy versus Turbo, who's the best fullback. They're, they're different players, so it's hard to judge them completely. Uh, Tedesco, I think, is Australian captain, New South Wales captain, certainly. So I think I don't think you'd you know, say to him, tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, even though you're the captain, we're going to move you out of your favourite position. And I don't know, mate, said, Kurt, Tom... Kurt Gidley, uh, captain New South Wales off the bench. Maybe maybe we'll get Teddy in the 14. Yeah, that was Kurt Gidley, mate. He overplayed his hand for a long time for New South Wales. So I don't think we're comparing apples with apples pew, pew, there. Pew. So I, I think Teddy will be the fullback and, and Turbo being the more versatile of the two would probably fill another area of the back line, probably in the centres, I'd say. Well, let's talk Teddy and his supercoach stocks because we know what he can do. An absolute stud. No, nothing to debate there. The question lies about this stem cell treatment on his knee. He's had it a couple of years ago and he came back fine. There's always got to be a little bit of a narrative, though, in the preseason. We've always got to get something. Uh, I'm still waiting for the Tedesco to, from, for Teddy to release the photo of him goal-kicking. You know the one that surfaces every year? about a week before Teamless Tuesday of Teddy just having a couple of shots and people thinking that he's going to goal kick. Um, but now, look, T- Teddy Teddy is is the guy. For me, though, Teddy is fullback three um, in my mind. I've got Teddy just behind Pap and the fact that Pap's a, t- a tad cheaper. If both those guys are fit round one and I was picking one, I would go Pappenhausen. Uh, but yeah, if you pick Teddy, I'm not going to I'm not gonna begrudge you there. What do we think his average is going to be this year? Because I've got him at around... If everyone's fully fit, this is a big caveat, everyone fully fit, I've got him around that 95 area. Yeah, Teddy, I was about to say 95. I think he could go anywhere up to 105, depending how the Roosters go this season. If they come first, as you think they will, and second, as I think they will, it stands to reason they're going to score a lot of points, probably be the highest scoring team in the competition. If that's the case, then that would lead to Tedesco naturally having a higher average. He wasn't fantastic last year, and I think he averaged somewhere in the 90s anyway. So there is a fair chance that he could push the 100 barrier. I would really love to see it. He almost did it a few years ago. Hopefully, you know, Walker, Kiri, stay fit and build combinations with Teddy, and and he can go the 100-plus mark. It would make... It would make fullback really interesting position because I think two other blokes will go 100-plus average this year. 
You mentioned Walker and Kiri staying fit. I also think he needs Victor Radley to be there for a long period of this year season as well. I think Victor Radley uh, really helps James Tedesco's game far more than than what he's given credit for. So if, if the spine can stay fit, the Roosters can be anything. Uh, look, let, let's touch on let's touch on the six and seven because they also pick themselves. We'll touch on Luke Kiri and Sam Walker. Now, hot off the press, this hasn't been released yet, or it might be released by the time this podcast goes out, but Paul Morosky will not be goal-kicking. Uh, from his own mouth, he's come out and said in an interview that has not been released yet that he is practicing goal-kicking, but it's not a priority. So, all signs point towards Sammy Walker. Now, Sammy Walker over Luke Keary, I'm, I'm definitely getting behind that when it comes to Supercoach. NRL Physio dropped a fantastic stat that no one, apart from Roger Tuovasa-Shek, has increased their supercoach average after coming off the back of an ACL. Now, I know that Luke Keary, his average is, what, like 75 or something, but he's, he's, he's priced at about a 60. I think Luke Keary could be a Dally M contender in the actual NRL. I think Luke Keary for supercoach, though, 62, top 63. He's always been the sort of 55 to 60 point guy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're basically quoting what his averages were in previous seasons. And last year was a three-game sample, so with a big ton in there. So I don't really know if you can take much stock from last year. Like, obviously, he got off to a good start. Yeah, you guys, ba- you guys, three-game sample. You guys batted mainly round one with no turbo. And then I'm pretty sure you tailed up someone in round two as well. Um, so, and then you played South in yeah, round three, yeah. I think it was the Tigers in round two, yeah. Probably. Probably was. <laughs> Everyone tells us up. But yeah, Luke, Luke Keery, mate. So I've got him at pegged at about 62, 63. So a slight increase on his career average, um, but probably not the halfback that I'd be picking out of this um, out of this Rooster system. Yeah, I think, I think he'll lead, but he'll also support, if that makes sense. I think he'll lead coming, you know, from, say, the, the 20 and the 30, pushing into the red zone. I think that'll be Kiri's area. I think he'll lead that area, but I think Sam Walker will take control when we're actually on the goal line and he'll start taking over the plays when it comes to the infield. You know, the kicks across, I, I, I believe that Walker will do the majority of the kicking. Um, short balls, sure. I still think that will be Kiri, but anything long balls, I more so expect Walker to take the lead. Uh, I know he's been killing it in preseason practice, so... It's going to be a big year for Walker. Uh, if he's goal kicking, then that certainly throws him into the halfback conversation for me. Yeah, I think people. I don't know. I don't know what's attracting people to, to Kiri, and and this was me too. So I'm not saying it's a bad pick because I I did this when I first built my side. Is it the fact that the 75 average in a three game sample last year, or do you think it's the duel, or do you think it's a combination of both that's, that's dragging Kiri uh, Kiri in over Walker? I think it was how good the Roosters looked in the two and a half games whilst Kiri was on the park. But at the same time, they were they were picking on on the little kids at school basically, and and their opponents weren't really up to scratch at that time last season. The Roosters were on fire; they were just telling them up. Were they on fire because they had all the guys on the park, or were they on fire because simply put, they were a top three side more often than not, and they were playing you know sides that were lackluster, like Manly minus Turbo is a bottom side for example and that's who they were playing at the time and I think they played the West Tigers really average to start last season and I can't remember the other game where where the injury occurred but I think that no I can't remember who that was I think people got a little bit carried away by the fact that they look so good 
over those three games. But realistically, from memory, if you look at those scores, I, I think you'll find he had like a, a 120 or a 130 in round one. And then he had like a 60 to 70. And then the next one was the injury affected game. And I think it was sub 40 or something like that. So there's an inconsistency there. And I think there's always going to be an inconsistency with Luke Keery. And that, that's why I'm not as keen. I would much rather someone with a little bit of a safer floor that's not really going to hurt me, but still has a bit of upside that they can get those big scores. You put up 86 points in two weeks, 46 to four against Manly in round one, and that was 40 to six against the Tigers in round two, and then round three you were dusted by the Rabbitohs, 26-16. So, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty easy to score big super coach points when you're putting up an average of, what, 43 points in two rounds. So no wonder he had those big scores, and, and I mm. I definitely got caught in it. I think Luke Keir will be fantastic NRL-wise. Like I said, I've tipped him as my dark horse for the Dally M. Um, he could be a bolter when it comes to that. But super coach-wise, I think Sam Walker has the higher ceiling. I think Sam Walker has the better floor, and especially if Sam Walker's goal-kicking and they're putting up all these points. Uh, another tick in, in the Walker camp, and, and I might even start with Sam Walker because of that. So... Something, something, to, something definitely to to consider. Now, this is where it gets tricky because there's two backline positions. Brett Morris and Josh Morris both exited the club and we need to fill those spots. Billy Smith, he's very, very highly rated. Paul Monrovsky, he has just been signed after a premiership winning uh, season. And Joseph Sawali, who is the prodigy, the golden child, wherever you want to put it. There is mega, mega raps on him. And obviously, you've, yeah, you've just signed Kevin Naguama as well. So there's four pegs that have to fit into two holes. Now, what do we do? Because Kevin Naguama started the career, started his career in the centres and then gradually moved to the wing. Billy Smith is probably a predominant centre. Um, Joseph Swali can probably play centre and wing and Paul Momorowski can play centre and wing. I have ruled out Billy Smith, first and, first and foremost. I have ruled out Billy Smith in that contingent. I feel like he is too much of an injury, injury injury waiting to happen. He just seems to be in for a week out for three and not too sure if he can ever put it together. I really hope he does because he's obviously a generational talent. So that leaves us with Naguama, Suwali, and Momorowski. I've leaned towards taking Naguama out and in our best 17. This isn't round one because we know Joseph Suwali probably won't be fit. Billy Smith probably won't be, won't be fit. I expect round one, Kevin Naguama does start and he partners up with Paul Momorowski. But I think if we're picking the best side, Paul Momorowski plays left center, and Joseph Swally plays right wing. Look, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think the only person of the four that we're talking about, sorry, the four positions that we're about to talk about is Tupu. Tupu will be the left wing. And Manu, will Manu be can also Manu can also play wing or center or fullback. I think if we're picking our best seventeen, in this instance, if we're picking our best seventeen, Manu Manu was right center. On, yeah. on paper, I think Manu will float. On paper, Manu will be listed at, at, at right center. I believe so too, and I think it comes down to this: it comes down to Momorowski versus Billy Smith, and it comes down to Suwali versus Kevin Nakwama. Now, for me, Suwali has that wing spot provided he's fit and when he is fitted is his wing spot. I don't think for me, that one's not really up for debate. I think that it's Suwali's position and he'll get that first crack. And therefore he becomes must have 
268K right wing for the Roosters. No debates about it. I'm not going to get into analysis. not going to give you numbers. I'm not going to give you gut feel. You pick Suwali on the right wing because uh, Brett Morris averaged, what, 75? Blake Ferguson averaged 65. Matty Cavallo averaged 65. There is a consistent... And sorry, I, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but there is three different levels of talent there. Morris being the top, Ferguson probably being the second best winger in that list, and... Ikevali being the third, and I think there's quite a big drop-off between the three of them, and they're with all 10 points within each other. The Roosters' right wing is hot property. Joseph Suwali, 268k, non-negotiable to be picked if he is there. I'd agree with that. I, there is He is racing the clock to obviously be fit for round one, so I feel like it will probably be Kev that we'll see on that wing, or maybe Kev plays the centres and Joey Manu starts the season on the wing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that personally. That, I think I will probably short of say Russell, for example, at 280 being available and me having a little bit of extra cash. I'll be carrying Suwali. If he's not there round one, I'll still be picking him. Well, that was my NPR. next, that was my next I'm question. I'm that confident you. that he will get that spot quickly. That, that was my next question to you. So let's say Suwali isn't fit round one and Kev plays there. Do we pick Kev? Because maybe Sawali has two weeks off, three weeks off. Kev scores two tries in three weeks. You can't really drop him. And then what if it just turns into shit? Kevin Naguama is playing really good footy, and we're ten weeks later, and we've lost the we've lost the the price jump. For example, if you didn't go Nico Hines last year, you lost you lost on him. Do you start with Kevin? Run the gauntlet of him playing a month and then downgrade a Suwali that happens or do you carry Suwali in hopes because last year Suwali was 180k carrying him was very different to carrying him now at 268k what do we do between the the Kev and Suwali debate I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Personally, I'm not going to Guama and I will be going Suwali. But I am more, I'm a little bit more of a risk taker in Supercoach than most people. I will carry MPRs without, I won't, you know, drop a bead of sweat about carrying three or four MPRs if it means I get an absolute gun side because I know I'll just strategically trade to fix that problem uh, throughout the, you know, before the first buy round, I'll probably have full squad. It's a waste of trades, maybe, but. I'll take the points and the position on the ladder early season rather than chasing points. So for me, I, I like going that route. It makes sense to pick Naguama if he's named. I guess we just need to get some type of information on Suwali and when his ETA is to return. And I think Trent will give us that. He's a pretty straight shooter. He doesn't really tell too many fibs normally. He normally just says it how it is. And my mail is, is that it's Suwali's position. So based on that, I'm personally picking Suwali. Let's say Trent Robinson says Joseph Valley will be back round five. What do we? How much of a time frame do we give Kev or Kevin Naguama? 
big fan of the show, Kev. Um, how much of a time frame do we give Kevin Naguama in our sides before we say, you know what, it's not worth it, we'll just carry Suwali? Because my, my issue is Kevin Naguama comes out and scores seven tries in five games, and then, like, how do you drop him? But then again, Matty Cavalli also scored five tries when he was called in late and was dropped the next week as well. So how much of a time frame do we give Kevin Naguama in our sides before we say, you know what, I'm just going to carry Suwali? Well, I guess it depends on the situation. You're talking about a known situation that it's around, you know, it's a five-round injury and it'll be back in round six. And, you know, that means you get two price rises and you also get, you know, five weeks on one of the hottest wings in the comp. And in, in that case, it's a bird in the hand. I'll take the bird in the hand. I'll take Kevin Naguama. I'll probably play him with some type of confidence in certain games. Maybe not against Manly or South, but the other three certainly I would because I know that come – round six, you know, maybe he goes, but he's already had two price rises and he's probably made me a bit of money. And in the process, I sell him for 400 or 420 or whatever he is. And I go down to Swali and I've made some cash. So that doesn't bother me, but it's the unknown, which is a different situation, yeah. which is Kev gets it round one and we're told, look, Swali's close. You well, know, I, just, I just wanted close to ask, I just wanted to ask because I know that there's going to be people out there that have the exact same questions as the ones I'm posing. And I know that people want to get our thoughts on it. So, Playing devil's advocate, yeah, we, we, we'll cover all bases there. Um, I feel like if we know Suwali's coming back, I wouldn't take one price rise um, because you do have rounds two and three, which are, which are tricky matchups. Um, I think the tipping point is those rounds four and five. So I'd be leaning towards carrying Suwali as well. But I just wanted to pose the question to you, mate, um, as to see where your head was at. And I think you and I have a similar thought process. So we have Suwali locked down with one wing and we have um, Paul Momorowski locked down for the left center. The halves pick themselves in Walker and Kiri. I think the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, they also pick themselves. I've got Lindsay Collins, Sam Verrills, CYCY Takiyaho, Angus Crichton, Satili Tupanua, and Victor Radley. The only change I'm, I think you'd have is if you played Warwick Hargrave starting over Collins coming back from an injury. I'll come back to that in just a sec. The Momorovsky center situation is quite interesting because... Word coming out of the camp is that Billy Smith is the favoured centre. But a bit like Suwali, Billy Smith might not be ready, which puts a real question mark over Paul Momorowski for me. I personally would pick Momorowski over Billy Smith. I really like Billy Smith, but there's a long injury history there. And I would like to see them not rush him back into the side and get into play Reggie's and actually get, you know, some metres in the legs and show that he can show some type of longevity because playing a couple of games and getting injured is doesn't benefit the club at all. You've also paid Momorowski, you know, biggish bucks, you know, over the course of three or four seasons that they signed him for. So for me, it makes sense to pick him. He's also a backup goal kicker. So if Sam Walker's under too much pressure and, you know, he's spraying him a little bit, at least, you know, you've got a real sharp shooter in the side as well. That's not TKO who for me comes off the bench on, in my makeup here. So it's a that, real question mark for me. On that, on that Paul Momorowski debate, um, I'm putting the red line through Pomorowski at left center. I'm also double red lining through him if he's not goal kicking. So he looked a fantastic prospect on the right wing goal kicking, but he's lost both those in, in both our sides. So I'm putting double red lines through Pomorowski. I honestly was going to have a real hot take here. If he was the goal kicker, I was going to say that he was going to average 70 plus this season and be one of on the right top two, on the top right three wing centers. I wouldn't. I on wouldn't. The, I at wouldn't, left center. I wouldn't have put him at left center. Uh, I look at Jay Moz as a sort of benchmark at 50 to 53 points a game. And I think Paul maybe adds 
12 points, so that takes him to 65. So you're getting there, but I feel like right wing, um, he could have been there a lot higher. Goal kicking, like imagine Brett Morris goal kicking. I'm not saying Pomorowski is Brett Morris. Don't shoot me. Even Blake Ferguson, like Blake Ferguson averaged 65 in the wing. Add goal kicking to that, and that would have been fantastic. I am, like I said, I'm. It's quite a spicy take to say on the left wing. I think it's not as spicy to say if he's playing right. Uh, sorry, left center. I don't think it's as spicy as him playing right wing. I think it's hella spicy to say at left center, you'd average 70 plus. Oh, 100%. That's what I was saying. That, that, I've, that, that, I've never that, had him on the wing. It's so it's take. always been about left center for me with Bomarovsky. All right. So forwards, I named, okay. I think, a pretty traditional forward pack. The only change you would make is if you start Jared Rhea Hargraves um, over someone like Lindsay Collins coming off an ACL or you start him over a CSC with Takiyahu, who is exiting the club at the end of the season. I do have Jared starting. I've got him in the number eight and I've got Lindsay Collins in the 10. Totally fair. And then I'm assuming we agree on Verrills at nine, um, Angus Crichton yep. and Sethili Chibanu in the back row, and then Victor Adley at 13. Absolutely. They all pick themselves. Yep. All right, so let's talk Supercoach stocks on Lindsay Collins because I know that he has been thrown around in the forums, on the Facebook pages, in my DMs or whatever. I'm sure you've got a couple of questions about him too, mate. Lindsay Collins, round one, I'm not keen on. I just looked at the way Trent Robertson used... Victor Radley, coming back from his ACL, his minutes dropped off dramatically. His productivity dropped off dramatically as well. I think there's better options. We've seen, we've seen Paul Vaughan had a very good trial for the Broncos at a similar pro- the Broncos for the Bulldogs at a similar price. We saw AFB for a couple bucks extra, and I feel like there's probably more stability in someone like a um, Stefano if he comes back to what we know he can after a poor trial. I am worried that Trent Robinson eases Collins back in, gets some miles in his legs, and his minutes are down. His productivity is down. Yeah, I completely agree. My bench actually has an extra forward coming onto the bench too, simply for the mere fact that I I think that he'll be eased back minutes-wise. He may not even start the early rounds. I'm picking a best 17 here, so I've got him starting. But in round one, he may very well come off the bench so that he's not facing the fresh forwards and he comes on and gets a little bit of an easier return. We'll have to see how he goes in his trial games. I think best 17, he's now a starter. But him being eased back in, it would make sense. He is very important to that club, and I don't think they want him to get injured and miss a full season again when, you know, JWH hasn't got long left and TKO will not be there next season. So I think you need to protect your new leader of the park. So I expect him to ease him back, and I don't think he's an option to start the season. Every season, my desk raises an inch off the ground when I talk about CSC with Takiyaho. For the first time, all four legs of my desk are staying firmly planted in my office bedroom floor. I am not keen on Takiyaho this year whatsoever. Um, Shown that he was a little bit fragile last year, he's leaving the club, isn't goal-kicking. The Roosters have not had a goal-kicker for a good couple of years, and Takiyaho has has been there, which is what has made me keen. The fact that now we've got more options there, Takiyaho, like I said, is leaving the building. I just... Yeah, he's going to lose money. He's just, he's, he's just going to lose money, and I'm not keen. Yeah, I've got him listed as my trap. I've got him and J- Jared listed as my trap because I, I really think that there's going to be a heavy rotation amongst the forwards this season for the Roosters. I don't think any of them are going to play bulky enough minutes to, to – and I'm talking front row forwards here. I don't think any of them are going to play any type of significant minutes to become – a real super coach option, maybe towards, you know, the pointy end or mid mid to late season, you might see Collins start taking over as the leader of the pack and he might start getting the minutes, but I don't expect big monster minutes anymore from these other guys. I wouldn't even be taking CSC with Takiyahu in draft later on. I just feel like there's not enough upside to be taking him with a late pick in draft either. So be giving him a miss. Sam Beryl's no. 
not with Connor Watson on the bench. So giving that a miss as well. I'm not really going to go into that too much. So many better other hooker options. Let's touch on the back rowers and let's touch on the good back rower first and foremost, Angus Crichton. Now, stud, absolute gun. Um, just, we know what we're going to get from Angus Crichton. What is there else to talk about? There is no downside on him. We're not worried about minutes risk. We're not worried about productivity risk. He's done it for numerous years. The only red flag on Angus Crichton is he seems to be the first person moved to the centers when anything happens in the back line. And that seems to be the only problem, but he never starts in the centers. Like, for example, if there was an injury and there was a center spot free, Trent Robinson doesn't shift Angus Crichton to the centers next week. Similar to someone like Connor Watson or a Kurt Mann that can fill in at halves, which kills their super coach stocks. You know, like those versatile guys. It might be only for the game that you cop one bad score from Angus Crichton. But apart from that, mate, I really can't see any kind of red flags when it comes to Angus Crichton. Slam dunk. With um with the rise of Egan Butcher and, and Connor Watson coming in, I think maybe the centers becomes less frequent, obviously, for Crichton. And as you said, it's only in, in the you know instance that there is a serious injury that that does happen. A red flag, I suppose, is his judiciary history. Um, but I'm not he, really he breathed, factoring he, that in. He breathed, uh, it, he, like, he breathed on someone and get three weeks. Yeah, like some of those decisions last year, if you compare, you know, with similar cases, were ridiculous. So new season, we move on. I'm not even factoring that into my thought process. Angus Crichton is in my side at the moment. Uh, I can assure you of that. I feel like last year, the Roosters overall had had a poor season. Um, they had a really disjointed season. They had different halves coming in and out. And all the same, he still managed to bang out massive base and, and beautiful B plus P and, I think he got 11 tries, I think it was, for the season. And if he can get 11 tries last season, what could he get this season? Could he get Dave Fafita-type numbers and 15, 16 tries for the season? Like, sign me up. Um, I will say this, though, um, and this, I guess, comes across as a little bit of a segue, but if you do want to save money, there is a genuine option that you do take Satelli Tupanua as an alternative to going Angus Crichton. Obviously, you're going to save $240,000 off the top of my head, and there's just as much upside, especially with, you know, both Walker and Kiri being there. Walker's very good with the short ball. He reminds me a little bit of Daly Cherry Evans when he floats across and he gives that sharp short ball. I'm sure he's worked on that. I'm sure he's worked on his combinations. So Tilly started the ha- like last year like a house on fire and he kind of died in the ass a little bit in the last six to eight weeks. But the Roosters were cooked by that stage. They were they were buggered for those last month of the season you could see it they were scratching and clawing their way just to get to the finals so i think he's a real option i've seen people talk about koala i've seen people talk about um Olakuatu. he's in that mix too for me 100 percent in that mix yeah so let's touch on satili supernova because at 482k at the time of recording he's owned by eight percent of teams very hot and cold so last year he played 20 games at 2rf he had nine scores over 70 he had six scores under 45. So, rocks or diamonds play when, what is that, 15 games? So, five of those games fell between 45 and 70. Not overly consistent, but the nine games above 70 does present upside. His average from rounds 1 to 19, Brew, was 69.2. His average from rounds 20 to 25, 38.2. That is a 31-point drop-off. That is huge. His base plus power is 47. He had 12 tries, 14 line breaks, three line break assists, and only 12 offloads for the season. That's, it's that base and power that worries me, bro. 
because if the tries do dry up, which you you can't bank on a back rower scoring, what is it, 12 tries last year? That's That that was more than Angus scored. And we know that Angus has is, is a stud. So it's the 47 base play power that does worry me. He's only 24 years old, Steely Chippenoa, and with the full rooster side back in the fold, including Kiri, can he keep up the scoring, but can he improve his work rate? Cooper, Cooper Cronk come out and said publicly that Steely Chippenoa needs to link up with his outside men and his inside men better defensively um, because it, that's probably a weaker part of his game. But he just doesn't get in, doesn't get stuck enough. And that's probably because you've got guys like Rhea Hargraves, Takiyaho, Collins, Radley, um, and the guys that we're, we're going to pick off the bench very, very shortly. Do we see a, a production upside? Like, do we see uptick in production? Because I don't. I don't think he's going to have this magical improve in base and power. I think we're relying on these 12 tries to to get a similar numbers as what, what there was last year. But no denying 69 average in the first 20 rounds last year is pretty impressive for a guy who's priced at less than 500k and is less than 10% ownership right now. Yeah, absolutely. People are looking at Olakowatu and his numbers aren't even the same as what you just quoted. I didn't realize it was that close to being a 70. Look, if Cooper Cronk has come out and said that, I can guarantee Cooper Cronk has raised that. Um, he obviously does work within the Roosters still. He works with the with the halves and, he, you know, I'm sure he has many a chat to Trent Robinson. He's one of the smartest minds in football, in my opinion, Cooper Cronk. So if they're saying that, I'm sure they've had a chat to him and they've worked on that over the summer and, Let's see if he gets an uptick. Or I would back him to get a slight uptick if, if Cooper Cronk has been, has raised that. Do we back him to score 12 tries, though, in 20 games? Well, 24 games, so yes, I would. Oh, I've taken the stats just from him starting at 2RF. Um, so he missed a couple. So that, that's that's 12 and 20. So that's that's a phenomenal try scoring record. I don't know if it's sustainable. Um, right, let me pose a question to you, Brew. So Tilly Supernoor at 482k or Jason Tamalolo at, I think, about 480 If I didn't have Angus Crichton already in my side, the answer to that question would be Satili. Fair enough. I would take Satili over Tamalolo just because there's more attacking upside in the Roosters than there is the Cowboys. And obviously there is a shadow of doubt when it comes to that lineup and, and what Tamalolo's role in that lineup is moving forward. So I would feel probably a little bit safer on Satili's ceiling longer term. Um, but given that I have... Angus Crichton, I currently have Tamalolo. So when you said that, I was like a better precursor this that if I didn't yeah, you have want, Angus, you want a piece I would of the, pick, you, you want a piece this Roosters back like this Roosters yeah, edge defense. 100%. But it's similar to the and point, if I have to, you go, you go. If I have to find money at any point, you know, before the first game, it's Angus. Down so let's say, I, yeah, let's say I, I need Turbo or I need Cleary or one of these things happen then that move would likely happen. I would probably go down Angus down to Satili and hope that Satili can pretty much match Angus's numbers for 200K less. Cool, cool, cool. It's I think it's very similar to the, the, to the debate we had on the Cowboys back rowers. Um, it's Nanai or Lukey. It's not both. Um, different price bracket when it comes to Angus and Satili. Um, but I think the same principle can be applied. Hey, let's talk Victor Radley, uh, one of my favorite players in the comp. I labeled him as a buy on my Instagram uh, a little while ago, and a lot of people slammed me for that. What impressed me, though, with Victor Radley is the way he came home last year, off the back of him recovering from his ACL injury. Look, last year, only averaged 50.4, played 14 games, averaged 62 minutes a game. So keep that in mind. His minutes per game post-origin, however, so this is when I feel like, you know, he's got the miles back in his legs a little bit, the ACL starting to hold up, Trent Robinson starting to get more confidence in him. 
he went from um, basically, yeah, his season average was 62 when it comes to minutes per game. He was averaging 71.6 minutes a game post-origin. So we can expect his minutes pre-origin to be around that 53, 54. So he's had nearly a 20-minute uptick in in minutes, and his average post-origin was 65. So that's a 15-point increase from his regular season average as well. I don't know if that's him coming home with a wet sail, him coming home because the Roosters had no troops and Trent Robertson needed to play him big minutes, or that was him recovering from the ACL injury that he came off the back of. People can say, oh, Victor Radley's a maniac. He's going to get suspended, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. He is, what, 441K? He, If he was available at hooker this year like he was last year, I'd be all over him. The problem is he did lose hooker, so he's 2RF only. But I think there's definitely a case to be starting with Victor Radley. Yeah, but anyone that's saying that Victor Radley is a maniac, you can't start him. I asked the question, have you got Tavita Pangai Jr.? Exactly. Because he's hot property this year, and I bet you've got him. Um, look, Radley, I think it's a combination of all the three, but I, I find it really hard to trust the last eight weeks for the Roosters last year when it comes to super coach. Is and that, it comes to yeah, is that, that's like that. that because was the... they were that battered that every week was a lottery. Some weeks they had no bench or they had 15 men like, at some point during the game. And it might've just been that he was the last man yeah. standing. Like he was one of the only guys left that had any type of experience or leadership in that side. So that he needed to be out there for 70 minutes to coach the young guys around. Do the you park. remember when, so, remember when Jared Rhea Hargraves played like a month straight of 80 minute games? Did, <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, and I bet you Jared doesn't want to be playing 80 minutes no. at this at the stage of his career every week. But it was just needed by these guys and, and they had to really, I guess, nurture and baby the, the young kids because they were boys against men at this stage. You know, the Roosters were a big side and they were trying to hold on to their top four spot at that time. And, you know, some of the leaders stood up and played big minutes. I think TKO was playing 60 plus minutes quite often too. So I... I don't mind the shout, to be honest with you. I hadn't really looked into the numbers. I certainly don't hate the idea of, of picking Radley. I personally think Radley's a little bit like Cameron Murray. And he's one of those guys that you can really look at, you know, during or post origin, because he seems to come home with a wet sail. And that's probably, if I was to go down that route, that's probably when I would do it over starting the season with him. I just look at that 441k and it's just like, it's so tempting. And we know how good of a ball player he is through the middle. We know that Tedesco loves to follow him. And that's I guess it, it, it does entice me because of the 65 average he came home with last year. And at 441k, there was huge value there, um, considering he is priced at a 50 average. So what's that, 15 points if he can find that form? Even still, do, you, do we think there's 10 points of value in Victor Radley? So he's priced at an average of 50.4. Do you think even if he no. starts the season, his, his average is around that 60 mark? 60, yeah. But well, that's what I'm saying. That, that, of... that, 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 that's 10 points of value there because he's priced at an average of 50. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Do the Roosters play the first buy? Because I, I have a real strong feeling that Radley's going to be probably number 17 this year for the Blues. Um, yeah. So I, that's a bit of a downer for me too. Yeah, if, if, if Radley's fit, uh, he still is one of the best 13s in the game. So he would be there. Uh, when it comes to the buys, the Roosters, they do not play the, the first buy. So they, they have the week off in week 13. Cool. Let's talk about no, the benches. No, no, they don't. I cannot read. They play the Raiders in round... Uh, they play the Raiders away from home in round 13. They do. Sorry about yeah, that. Um, yeah, let's talk about the benches because one of them picks themselves and that's Connor Watson, who is my biggest trap with this Rooster side when it comes to Supercoach. Uh, I think Connor Watson's fantastic. Um, he's one of my favourite players in the last 10 years. I just think we saw the absolute best from him, Supercoach-wise, at the 
Knights, and I think Trent Robinson probably just takes five, six minutes off his game time. I don't really think the PPM changes a whole lot and probably loses six or seven points when it comes to his supercoach scoring. He's just a wait and see for me. I need to see how he's used and... If he's been used in a special way, then I'll look to get him in. But I, I personally feel like he'll be he'll be priced at roughly what he's worth and therefore he won't really be an option. Hey, touch wood. Uh that Sam that that's, uh Sam Verrill goes down tomorrow. I'm all over Connor hey. Watson. I'm all over Connor Watson. But cut that out. <laughs> um but yeah, like if he got if you got a starting spot and he got good minutes, yeah, cool, I'd be straight on him because we know what he can do yeah. in, in big minutes. But I just think there's too much for log jam. Hey, I mean, to be fair, we did say that about Jaden Braley. We said, touch wood, nothing happens to Jaden Braley. Uh, Chris Randall could become relevant, and then we all know what happened there. So, look, hopefully nothing right. happens to Sam Bell. I'll remember this when we do the West Tigers pod. Hey, mate, curse us all you want. I don't I don't care. I'm, I'm done. I might be a Redcliffe man next year. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, Connor, Watson, Connor Watson's one of my biggest traps. Uh, but I still think he's one of the best signings that the NRL have made. It's funny how that can happen, isn't it, when it comes to super coach in the NRL, how we think uh, Luke Keary could disappoint a lot of people, but I've tipped him as a dark horse for the Dally M. And I think Connor Watson's one of the best signings that, that's happened this offseason, but I still think he's one of the Roosters' biggest traps. So it's funny how that, that works. Um, I'm assuming Connor Watson is your 14 as well. I'd be, I'll do a backflip on camera right now if you say he's not. No, he's my 14. Um, and given that I'm starting JWH, that makes TKO my 15. I have JWH as my 15, but they are very interchangeable, which is totally fair. I think this is or where... we discuss both of those. This is where we'll have a couple of differences, I think. Now, you've seen my team, because I did send it to you before, because I wanted to make sure I didn't forget anyone. I haven't seen yours. So I have run off a I've 20. I've already forgotten yours. <laughs> I have run off a 20 as my 16. Uh, I, think okay. he, I think he's a good middle that can provide uh, a fair bit of impact. Um, I've already spoken him up highly enough. Now, number 17 was interesting. Do I go with a middle? Do I go with an edge? I've gone with one of the Butcher boys, and it's not Nat. I've gone with Egan Butcher as my 17. I feel like he's the better player out of the two. He can provide a bit more versatility than Nat, uh, and I just really like the way Egan Butcher goes about his game. Probably won't start, but uh, I, I hope he does because I, I want to see him play big minutes. Uh, another one there who played well in the trials is Daniel Saluka Fafita, another year older, another year wiser. Uh, he did get a, a bit of a crack last year in first grade too when it came to the injuries. Didn't really impress me much last year, to be honest, Brew, um, but did look good in the trials. So there's a couple of names to, to throw up there. Uh, the Roosters got a couple of kids coming through that, that are actually quite good. And, and I think last year it was, like I said, it, it was they were, turmoil. They were thrown the to the Chooks Wolves. Those, yeah, those young, they were those thrown to the kids. Wolves and they didn't, they didn't really step up. Like they did an okay job, but we didn't see the best of these guys by any means. I actually have uh, Saluka Fafita in my 17. I've got him as the 17. For the reasons I stated earlier, I think they'll carry an extra bench forward um, just because Collins is coming back from a serious injury. TKO is getting a little bit older. Jared's getting a little bit older. They're both, you know, Jared might retire at the end of this year for all we know, and, and TKO is leaving the club. So they need to start bringing through some forwards. And for that reason, I think Saluka Fafita is probably the best one of them, but also... I, th- I don't know how to say his first name. It's like, I think his first name's either Nathaniel. They call him Nathaniel, but I think it's Nafua. Yeah, Nafua uh, White. Yeah. White. Yeah. yeah, he's he's really talented. So he could put his hand up at some point to kind of challenge Fafita for that. And the other one is Tafua Hua or Hua Tafua, something like that. Um, he's got a hyphen surname. Um, 
he's really talented too from the juniors. They're probably the three kids coming through the ranks that I really like. But for now in the 17, I've got Fafita. I also have uh, Egan Butcher. I've got him moving up to the 17 this year, uh, even at a, as a full strength side. And I do have a bit of a Mark War, Steve War situation here and he's kind of displacing his brother. And I love Nat Butcher and Nat Butcher's actually, it's either three or seven games away from a hundred games in the NRL and a hundred games with Jesus the Roosters. Jesus Christ. I just think. I feel like he's just been plodding yeah. along for so long then. How's he got a hundred games? Wow. It's, it's really funny. He's, he's got, I think he's got two premierships. He's played that many games, even though he hasn't really started. He's always been on the bench for the Chooks for, you know, three or four years now. So you, you've got no love for, but, for big Renault for Tony? I love Nat Butcher, but I just... Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say Butcher. I love Nat Butcher, but I just don't know. I think his brother's better than him. And with Connor coming into the club, like I can't see TKO playing Reggie's, to be honest with you. He's still got to be in their best 17. He's a machine. He's an aging machine, but he's still a machine. So he's just a victim of circumstance. Atoni's my 18. I think he's a really handy player to carry as an 18th man. Um, and now that they name 18 players and you can use the sub and stuff like that, I just felt like he was really suitable. Nat Butcher would be as as suitable as well. Um, like you said, ball playing middle forward, super talented. I'm just not sure if signing with the Roosters from the Dogs means that you get a start from day one, in the start of the 17, that is. Yeah, 100%. Sorry, I had a mouthful of water as you cut to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've just got a, I've got a, a big... Uh, uh, I won't say harder. It's a semi. I've got a semi for, for Renoff Tony. I feel like he could he could be anything. He's 26, so he's entering probably some of the best years that he can Yeah, that be means he's mature, though, which yeah. is fine. We'll, we'll see. You could be right. I, I could be right. We could both be wrong. It's it's really hard with these last two spots, like Butcher and Fafita from my side. They could both miss out. Yeah. They could pick Nat Butcher, and they could go and pick, you know, Nathaniel Wright or White or whatever his last name is. We don't know. Yeah, definitely interchangeable. We'll have to see. Time will tell. Yeah. I'm very excited for Teamless Tuesday. Mate, let's go ahead and wrap up the Roosters preview. Um, you, you mentioned your traps and your X-Factors and whatnot. Run us over them before we finish up today. Uh, yeah, so got him finishing second. I did have Momorowski as my X-Factor, but given that you announced about the goal kicking, I'm going to change that to Satelli Tupanua because I am really high on him um, to be a real big mover this season. Biggest stud, obviously, it's James Tedesco. I'll give a shout out to Sam Walker, but I think he's going to be in the top five halfbacks this season and could definitely push the top three traps. I've got the forwards. I wouldn't be touching any of the front row forwards um, until much later in the season. And the only one I would touch would be Lindsay Collins. All right. Also, just before we go, I will say Adam Kieran, I still think that bloke might be a shot at playing some top of 17 role for the Roosters. If they play the route of Connor being a forward and not so much of a 14. I'll make a proclamation on air. I have Nathan Cleary in my side as we speak. If Nathan Cleary is not fit for round one, your boy will be starting with Samuel Walker. You heard it here first. Um, I'm probably going to go back on that promise in the next week. But for now, my plan is if Cleary isn't fit round one, we will be starting with young Samuel Walker, provided he gets the goal kicking tee. I have been the SC Whisperer. You have been listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I have been joined by that man, Brew SC22. Uh, he goes all right at Supercoach. Finished 100th last year, apparently. I'm not too sure if he's told anyone yet. But thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Um, what have we got next, man? We've got the Warriors, we've got the Tigers, and then we're into the the real fun stuff. We've got cheapy podcasts coming. We've got prediction podcasts coming. 
plenty of uh, good stuff happening. Teamless Tuesday is is getting very, Teamless very close. Tuesday. Very, very close. All right, beauty. Well, that was a good chat. Up the chookies. Yeah, whatever. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 